You are the people in history they warned us about! Pay attention! <laughs> Get ready, it's time for the Other American View podcast, your audience participation podcast. We're going to go over the headline news, focus on trending stories, add a little commentary, maybe some quick-witted humor, and of course, politics. We're going to cover your crazy government, and we're going to go into everyone's favorite, sports. You'll hear the rants. Every goddamn thing is politics and race, and I'm losing my mind over it. Just want to watch sports. The views. Problem with humanity today is ignorance, arrogance, and apathy. Keep taking the road of least resistance. Keep listening to the TV brainwashing you from birth. And some craziness from the people who want to participate. No, you tell me that I, you have a doctor's note not to wear this. No man, Oliver will always be number one in my book. So get ready, buckle up, and let's go for a ride. So welcome to a special edition of The Other American View. We've been talking about this on our podcasts quite a bit. We ran into um, some scenarios where we couldn't get to doing this show, but now we're getting it in just before the college football playoffs are going to begin. Bowl games are already being played, and we kept boasting that we had this system in place many, many years ago, which really would have been in the 90s, 92, 93, 94, when all this stuff started to change. The other American view didn't exist back then, but I did, and I had this vision of what it should be, but the powers that be, i.e. the NCAA, college presidents, And the bowls at that time had all the power, the bowls. College football was growing. It wasn't as huge as it is today. So therefore, the bowls held all the power because they were providing the money to the universities. Universities were tied into these bowls, or I should say conferences were tied into certain bowls, such as the Rose Bowl. So the early advent of the national champion was based upon different polls. AP poll, UPI poll, then there was... Polls that were uh, mathematically uh, inclined and weighted polls. So national polls basically determined the champion every year from 1869 to 1991. And then there was a lot of controversy going on. You had undefeated teams that felt they deserved to be the number one team in the country. So this went back and forth. And there was finally um, the bowl coalition was put into place. That was from 92 through 94. So the reason it was formed, it was an agreement between um, the 1A college football bowl games and the conferences for the purpose of forcing a national championship game between the top two teams and also to provide some quality bowl game matchups for the champions of its member conferences. It's basically established after there was co-national champions for the 90 and 91 season. So right then and there, the issue was... You don't know who is actually better if they're not playing each other. People have biases towards conferences saying their conference is the best. We're going to solve that problem. But continuing on with this, after the Bowl Coalition ended, then the Bowl Alliance formed. Well, what's the Bowl Alliance? It was an agreement uh, between 
college football bowl games, and it was more specifically the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Fiesta, with the purpose of trying to match the top two teams in a national championship bowl game, as well as, again, to provide quality matchup games of the champions of member conferences. The lore of it was each participating team in the Bowl Alliance Championship would receive $8.5 million from the television sponsors. So as you can see, money is starting to come into the picture big time and control um, the dynamic of a college football playoff. What eventually happened was the formation of the Bowl Championship Series. Well, okay, what's that? Which is the FBS. Can't get used to that. It's 1A and 1AA which also obviously included the opportunity for the top two teams to compete in the BCS National Championship game. So this system was in place from 98 to 2013, and then in 2014 it was replaced by the college football playoff, which we have today. The description for it indicates that it's an annual postseason knockout invitational tournament to determine a national champion for the NCAA Division I football, or FBS, again, 1A, this means four teams playing two semifinal games and the winner of each semifinal advances to the college football playoff national championship game. See, and this is where, you know, the issues continue to be created. Uh, the greed of the top programs, they don't want outside programs in. This year you got Cincinnati, thank God. But you've seen flaws in it already in, in its existence. You have this ridiculous 13-member committee selecting the four-seed teams because this differs from the polls or the computer rankings that were previously used to select the participants in the bowl championship series. So now we're going to get into an explanation of how we would love to see it be done. We're going to call it the Other American View College Football Playoff System. Okay, let's dive right in. So you hear all the excuses about these teams. Oh, well, they got the players got finals and they got to study and Oh, they run the risk of getting hurt. They're playing way too many games. Womp, womp, womp. Come on now. Go talk to those Division Three football warriors like South Dakota State, and I believe even North Dakota State's Mount St. Union, all these small Division Three non-scholarship athletes, they're playing 15 games to get to that championship. Might be 16, but definitely 15. They're traveling thousands of miles in some cases on a bus. They're th traveling sometimes hundreds of miles like South Dakota and North Dakota State just to catch a plane. And then they jump on that plane and they're flying out to California for their first round. And then they're flying several thousand more miles to their next destination. This is Division Three, So these guys in Division One have all the money in the world. Trainers, staffing, facilities, they got scholarships, tutors, you name it. Stop with the freaking excuses. Stop with this elitist mentality of these babies that they that they want to get now paid to play their sport. If you don't like it, you can go work at Starbucks, okay? Get health insurance there. You can go tr uh, train in subpar facilities at a Division three school. You can carry a full workload without a tutor, and you can practice and play on subpar facilities. What is the old adage? The NFL will find you if you have talent. So if you're that great... Why don't you play Division Three then? You see how quickly you go running back to these universities that provide you with everything in the world. For every one of these crybabies that wants a handout, there's at least a thousand people that would line up behind each position on these major college football programs and gladly take that scholarship and oblige by it. They will obey all the rules. And then the funniest thing that you hear as I go on this wild rant here, you got some people crying, oh, I 
I, I don't even have enough money to to go to the movies and get popcorn. Well, your facilities probably have movie houses on them that you can go for free. And uh, what do you want? Everything given to you? What the hell did your parents have you for? Just to drain society and ask for handouts? Okay, you just saved hundreds of thousands of dollars on a scholarship and you got a facility to sleep in. You mean your parents can't work another job or save some money and funnel it to you so you can go get your popcorn and go on your date? I mean, that's the crap I've been listening to for years about, all oh, these poor little athletes. So, I mean, cut it out. Anyway, enough with the side rant. Okay, so the big issue is you never really know, is a Cincinnati actually better than Alabama's and the Georgia's and the SEC? Are they better than the Big Ten uh, teams right now, Michigan? You know, we don't know that. That's always been the mystery, and that was the problem with the polls. So, therefore, they come up with all these funky little things, bowl coalition, bowl alliance, bowl championship series, now college football playoff. So, this is just how stupid they are. The amount of money that they could be making, the networks, the universities, and the NCAA, they're a bunch of freaking idiots for not doing this because... There's talks of defecting out of the NCAA for all these top programs or the Power 5 schools. If they put this in place way back, you wouldn't have this issue today. They already had playoffs in for Division 2, 1AA, Division 3. I mean, why couldn't they just do playoffs for them, the Division 1 schools? But anyway, here we go. So you've been waiting for this. This is our version of how the college football playoff rankings would be. So You have this, uh, I'm using partially the selection committee poll, which I would not use. It would have to be a series of polls combined into one. I don't think they want the AP poll involved. I remember they used to do it before. They had Sagarin and some other polls, USA, coaches poll, whatever. You need some multiple polls to arrive with the top teams, uh, ranking all the teams in the country. But for the sake of this show, what I'm going to use is the, unfortunately, the committee plus a little bit of the AP poll so that we can give you an example of what it should shake out to be. So first of all, there's 10 conferences and then there's independent. That's totals basically 11 conferences. So what we're saying here is the top 10 ranked conference champions. Yes, top 10 ranked conference champions plus the highest ranked independent. Those teams will qualify for the playoff. You have your own conference championship, the SEC, the Big Ten. Well, you know what? That's your champion. That's who's going to represent you in the playoffs. Sorry, we don't allow second place teams to make the playoffs. That is not fair. It defeats the purpose of the unknown. You're basically using subjective evaluation to determine someone's better, which was the problem in the first place with the polls. So the objective is your season is now has meaning in your conference championship has meaning. That means you are the best team in your conference. There's no reason for anybody else to be in it. So under this format, 10 teams that would make it, the first six would get a bye. According to the college football playoff rankings, it's Alabama for the SEC at one. Michigan is at two for the Big Ten. They have Georgia three, but they don't make it. So number four, Cincinnati from the American Athletic Conference is in. And then the next highest ranked is number five, Notre Dame as an independent. So they're in. The next one in with a bye is Baylor, Big 12. They're at seven, just below Ohio State, Big 10. But again, they didn't win their conference, so they're not in. And then you have at 11, Utah, which won the Pac-12, and they're below Michigan State, Oklahoma State, and uh, Ole Miss. 
So uh, tough break. Those are your six. Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Baylor, and Utah. They get a first round bye. Who's next? Then you have Pittsburgh. They're at 12 from the ACC. And then it drops all the way down to number 23. You have Louisiana from the Sun Belt. And then although they have San Diego State from the Mountain West at 24, but Utah State beat them, so therefore they're their champion. And then it stops at 25. So then the other other conference that would be needed or another team to be in, utilize the AP poll from Conference USA. You have the University of Texas San Antonio, which had a 12-1 record. So if you're following me, the additional four teams are Pittsburgh, Louisiana, Utah State, and the University of Texas San Antonio. So how does it work? The four teams that did not get a bye, therefore that would constitute, you'd have number 10 would be University of Texas San Antonio against number 7 Pitt. We'll do it in Pittsburgh. And then you have the ninth ranked Utah State team against Louisiana in Louisiana. So for assumption, let's assume the higher-ranked teams at the bottom four win. What does this mean now? How does your playoffs look? Now you have eight teams. You would have your 13-1 Louisiana team against Alabama, who's 12-1 in the first round. They would be the lowest-ranked team, so they play the highest-ranked. You'd have your 12-2 Pitt Panthers playing against number 2 Michigan, who is 12-1. Then you'd have number 3 Cincinnati, who's undefeated at 13-0 hosting Utah at 10 and 3. Then you'd have Notre Dame, the 4th seed at 11 and 1, hosting Baylor at 11 and 2. And again, going on the assumption of the highest seed winning the first round, all those games would be at the home field of the higher ranked teams. Then in the next round, you could have them at bowl sites. So as I said before, assuming that the highest seeds win, then you would have number 1 Alabama against number 4 Notre Dame. And then you'd have number two, Michigan, against number three, Cincinnati. And again, assuming the higher seeds win out, then you'd have a championship of Alabama against number two, Michigan. What does this do? This creates excitement that every single conference champion has meaning. Every school or every conference, I should say, across the country now has a shot to have their eyes on the TV. Eyes on the TV means revenue means more money into the hands of the presidents of the universities. Every conference is happy and satisfied that they have a seat at the table and a shot at in the playoffs every year. So it's basically a eight-team playoff with four teams doing a play-in to get to that eight-team playoffs. And if Alabama is so great, they shouldn't be bitching and complaining. They should be able to blow out Louisiana with their third-string quarterback. There's nothing to worry about. But that's the problem. They all fear that they might lose to these non-Power 5 schools in a playoff. Plus, they all want the money for themselves. And it also attracts all the talent. Like, look, we're in the playoffs every year. Yeah, of course you are, because they only focus on the SEC and the Big Ten and ACC. And after that, you know, nobody else has a shot in the dark. So you think about all the money they can make just from this scenario alone. Now we're going to take it a step further. The NCAA should control the amount of bowls and where the bowls and times and days that they can be played. Because what I'm proposing next is you have the Conference Cup Championship. What does this mean? You assign points for the rounds that were played amongst the champions. And then we're going to carry it down to two more levels. Now we're going to say we want all the second highest rated teams 
from each conference up to 10 conferences using the same philosophy. There's a 10 conferences and one independent. We'll count independent as a conference. The 10 highest rated second place teams in that conference, they're going to now square off against each other. Then we're going to do the same approach for the highest rated third ranked team in each conference. So now every time they win, it's going to accumulate points towards a cup that the conference will get for being the best conference. Let's dig into that further. So for example, this year, all the highest rated second place teams in their conference. So what we're showing here is we'd have Georgia representing the SEC as the second ranked team, obviously behind Alabama. Now this is the only kind of clunker. They're going to play Western Kentucky, whose Conference USA championship, they were nine and five. Then you're going to have the Big Ten, Ohio State at 10 and two. They're going to play Appalachian State at 10 and three from the Sun Belt Conference. Then you're going to have Oklahoma State which is 10 and 2 from the Big 12 playing against San Diego State which was 11 and 2 from the Mountain West Conference then you're going to have independent BYU 10 and 2 versus Houston from the American Athletic Conference at 11 and 2 and then you're going to have Pac-12 Oregon 10 and 3 playing against Wake Forest of the ACC who's 10 and 3 so there you have second place teams going against each other from the highest rank playing the lowest rank so on and so forth on down and they get assigned a point or a certain amount of points for winning it and you do it for the same thing for the third place team and the third place teams are going to shake out like this you're going to have in the SEC, you got Mississippi at 10-2 and two versus the University of Alabama, who's 9-4 and four Conference USA. You have the Big Ten, Michigan State, 10-2, and two, playing against the American Athletic Conference, University of Central Florida, who's 9-4. and four. You have Big 12, Oklahoma at 10-2, and two, playing against Georgia State, which was 8-5 and five in the Sun Belt Conference. Then you have the Atlantic Coast Conference, Clemson at 9-3, and three, playing against Army, who's 9-4 and four as an independent. Pac-12, UCLA, 8-4, and four, playing against Mountain West, third place team, which would be Air Force at 10-3. and three. So you're basically stating that we're taking all your champions get to play in the playoffs and go for a national champion. You're going to get points assigned as you, as you win. We're going to say just the first round for, between the four teams and then the second round. You get points assigned, higher value of points. And then in the second place, bowl games, we're going to call them. You get a certain amount of points, a little bit less assigned for, for winning that represent your conference. And then same for the third place finishers. Now, this is where the NCAA would have to control it. You have each of these games spaced out over the course of December so that they are the only games that are viewed and there's no conflict no other bowl games can be scheduled at the same time with these games and you have it leading up to the national championship playoffs so you can, you can imagine the newscaster sitting there saying, oh, right now the Atlantic Coast Conference after the third and second place, they're leading in the cup challenge with X amount of points. Following them is the Big Ten. This is going to add at least some intrigue, some excitement, and you're going to have better, higher competition bowl games. You do this systematically over the course of the weeks in December, leading right on up to the first round playoffs of the four teams. And then you run that all the way through up until before uh, the Super 
Super Bowl with the college football championship. All through January should be the college football playoffs. Have the second and third place bowl games all through December. So this is the ultimate approach to doing it. You're inclusive of all the conferences. You have viewership across the country. What do you think they're doing with the men's basketball tournament? Everybody likes the underdog. You got these small schools in. They win a round here and there. Same thing. If these programs are so huge and dominant, they have nothing to fear about these small little programs that are going to walk in at the 10th seed and and 9th and 7th and 8th for that play-in just to get into the eight-team playoff round. And again, Division Three, those guys are playing 16 games. So using Alabama as an example, they're 12-1. and They would win the first, uh, they would win in the second round. So that's a 14 games, then they'd go into the finals, and that'd be the 15th game, and then the championship game is the 16th. So two teams potentially are playing 16 games. Two out of 100 and, what is it, 13? Four other teams may be playing 15 games, and the rest are going to be playing less than that. So stop with the too many games approach. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime event for these kids and programs, and they'll definitely do it. So that's our version of what the college football playoffs should look like. Give us your view. Go to theotheramericanview.com. Go to the contact section, drop us your feedback on this show, your thoughts on our playoff system, any comments, we'll try to get you on air, we'll read it on air, but we think it's a great thing. It involves all the conferences, you're having all the teams that are third in their conference playing each other with a point system, assigned for each win, all the second place teams playing each other in each of the conferences and getting assigned points, and then you have points assigned to the first round and second round of the first place teams for a championship conference conference cup claim and then you'll have a national champion on top of it it's a win for the fans win for the universities win for tv and then you'll just hear the players start crying about how they got to get paid well just go back to what i ran it about about five minutes ago stop crying anyway go to the other support us go to patreon forward slash the other or the easiest way is the other click on the patreon button and you'll see what tier is right for you we thank everybody that's been contributing to our program so far and look forward to new contributors and new fans of our show please spread the word So that's going to do it for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go to theotheramericanview.com and send us your feedback. And remember, if you want to be on the show and have an email read, just send us an email through theotheramericanview.com. You want to come on the show and voice your view, have a rant, again, theotheramericanview.com, as well as if you want to debate a guest, please send us an email. And for this show to have continued success, please go to Patreon, The Other American View, and see what tier is right for you. Please go to Twitter and follow us. And wherever you're listening to our podcast, please like us. Again, tell all your friends and spread the word. There's a podcast out there for you and your voice. The Audience Participation Podcast, The Other American View.